Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with James O. Wilson, Assistant Regional Director of the Elijah J. McCoy Midwest Regional Office of the United States Patent and Trademark Office, who has been an employee with the USPTO since January of 1989. James received his Bachelor of Science degree in zoology from Howard University in 1984 and a Master of Science degree in cellular and molecular biology from the University of Michigan in 1987. James has served on the executive board of the Patent and Trademark Office Society and continues to be an active member of the organization. As a primary examiner, James served as a chemical representative in the Patent Office Professional Association. James became a supervisory patent examiner in Technical Center 1600 in 2002. In 2007, James served as a managerial detailee in the Office of the Commissioner for Patents. Over the years, James has been an instructor for several classes in the Patent Examiner Initial Training Program and has served as an SPE instructor in the Office of Patent Training. James has also had the distinction of serving as an acting director in Technology Center 1600 from November 2013 through March 2014, as well as the acting director of the Elijah J. McCoy Midwest Regional Office from October 2018 through September 2019. And with that extremely impressive background, welcome to the podcast, James. Thank you very much, Lisa. It is a pleasure to be here and to represent the United States Patent and Trademark Office today. Well, James, I'm super excited to have you here today. And I generally like to start my podcast off by asking my guests about their career journey. Can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up at the Elijah J. McCoy Midwest Regional Office of the USPTO? Wow, that's a it has been an exciting ride, and I'm glad to be able to share with you uh, that this was not something that was specifically or distinctly planned, but it is a result of being available, being ready, being open to changes in my life. So I was a supervisory patent examiner from 2002 until 2017 in Technology Center TC1600, which is pharmaceutical, biotech, and organic chemistry. So I was a pharmaceutical SPEE, supervisory patent examiner, and I had a unit of about 15 people who worked with me. I started uh, in 2016 to go out and to talk to stakeholders in various regions. The first place that I went was Louisiana, uh, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans with a small group that went out to discuss intellectual property matters and to educate the public in that small, specific area about things that were going on in the Patent and Trademark Office. 
and things that were coming down the pike. I, I was bitten by that bug and I became a part of a team of supervisory patent examiners referred to as resource supervisors who were then sent out into the country to talk to various organizations. The, the next place that I went was Utah. And I went to Utah in the middle of the winter. Oh, and it, and uh, I had the time of my life. I did my undergrad at Howard University in Washington, D.C., and my graduate work at the University of Michigan. And so snow and cold weather was no, uh, I, I was not afraid of, nor was it foreign to my uh, physicality with regard to being able to exist in that space. I actually like snow. Oh, not me. Not a big fan <laughs> of snow. And I live in Chicago. Oh, wow. More power to you. Another great city. Great city. So after I had an opportunity to come out to Detroit to assist the new examiners, um, I decided to take that offer. I was looking around for something different to do. After 25, 26 years, you get a little, you know, you start to wonder is there anything else? Is there anything else? And so I took the challenge and came out to Detroit for a one year detail. In three months time, working with the team here, the director at that time asked me to be the assistant regional director, the acting assistant regional director, because the job was open. And she wanted to give me an opportunity to see what it might be like before she opened it up and potentially, you know, had me apply to be the assistant regional director. Three months after I served as the assistant regional director, she quit. Oh, wow. So I was thrust into the position of being the acting regional director. And I felt more like Gerald Ford than anybody could ever imagine because I I did not have the job that you know I was asked to serve in that capacity and I ended up being in the top job. I served in that capacity for a year. They opened that job up and the person selected is my esteemed boss, Damien O. Porcari, who had served at Ford and worked in their IP office for 28 years. And so we have formulated this team that has been a winning team. And uh, I am just excited about the opportunity to be able to serve for the last four, five, it's going on five years now, five years as the assistant regional director, the director for a year, and then the assistant regional director for a little over four years. It's been a great journey and a great ride. And I've had the opportunity to educate and bring along a lot of examiners uh, so that they can have an idea of the impact that patents and being a trademark examining attorney has on our stakeholders throughout our region. Absolutely. And it sounds like you've had an incredible career at the USPTO. And I'm curious, what led you to the USPTO? I started after I left the University of Michigan as a research fellow. Wow. I studied, uh, I, I didn't study. I worked at a firm called Biotech Research Laboratories. And I isolated pieces of the HIV genome 
And those pieces that are isolated were sent to Dr. Fauci. <laughs> oh, too funny. And so after I had uh, been doing that for about eight to nine months, I had a colleague come and tell me that he had applied to go to the Patent and Trademark Office. They were looking for people who were knowledgeable about HIV and the mechanisms and the molecular biology behind the HIV uh, infection. And so I applied for the job and I got it. And that was how I ended up at the United States Patent and Trademark Office, having done HIV research and then the office reaching out and looking for those who were knowledgeable in the field. And we're always looking for people who are knowledgeable in the field, in areas of artificial intelligence and uh, various other high-tech sciences where it's hard to fill the positions. And people have specialized knowledge. The Patent and Trademark Office prides itself on being a, uh, a place where the smart nerds can hang out. And, and it's cool to be there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So turning back to the Midwest Regional Office, um, I know it's the first regional office of the USPTO that was outside of the D.C. area. And you're coming up on your 10th anniversary since you opened in Detroit. Congratulations. That That's really impressive. And I think that was one of the really wonderful things that PTO did was establishing the regional offices. And can you talk a little bit about the impact that your office has had on local investors, inventors, small businesses, et cetera, over this last 10 years? I think that it was, it's been a, a marvelous, it was a marvelous idea and well thought out to move into various regions and to tap into the IP ecosystem, not just to affect the small businesses and the inventors and uh, those in technology, but also to go to these places where they have, there are these great universities that allow for us to tap into a pool of students that might not normally know about the Patent and Trademark Office or want to travel to Washington to become patent examiners. And we have expanded the pool of examiners to include individuals who have gone to major universities across the country. And it has really improved and edified the Patent and Trademark Office Examining Corps. Now, as your question was specific with regard to uh, how we've impacted small businesses and inventors and local investors and the like, and um, the Midwest Regional Office has played a vital role in helping local inventors and businesses not only turn their ideas into tangible assets, but also to provide resources in how to protect it. So by helping small businesses grow, we've stimulated the economy. And some examples of those we've engaged and we've reached out to include entrepreneurial groups, such as MHUB, the Illinois Entrepreneurship Small Business Growth Association, and the Adventures Club of Kansas. We have collaborations with the Small Business Administration, and we work with SBDC, Small Business Development Centers, in Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, and Illinois. Institutions that we engage include the Henry Ford universities, such as Michigan State, the University of Michigan, the Ohio State University, and um, Purdue University as well. Law firms, we seek and advise them regarding 
difficulty or problematic situations they face with cases or with examiners. We provide training and support, continuing legal education and direction and suggestion guidance so that they are better able to service their uh, their stakeholders and their clients and their customers. We have training series that are directed towards trademarks and that are directed toward patents that uh, affect those who are interested in filing for trademarks and those who are interested in filing for patents. And we would like to think, I know personally, let me give you a, a personal message from my barber. I know I'm a bald-headed guy, but he does my beard. And uh, his he is a minister. And he had an idea that he wanted to trademark. He came down to our office and set in on two classes, filed for his trademark on his own from the information that we were able to provide him. And he has a trademark. He, That's fantastic. He in less than a year. And he is just excited about uh, us being in this area and being able to assist others. And he directs people to the patent and trademark office. So that word of mouth and that opportunity to be able to experience the advantages and resources that we provide by being present is real. Now, James, you mentioned several states that your office provides services to, which includes Illinois, which you just mentioned, as well as Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Ohio, and Wisconsin. So, James, I wanted to ask you, what resources does your office offer to those located in these regions? It is a pleasure to talk about the nine states that we cover. I, I look at the map, and in order for me to encapsulate them all in my mind, I have to go Minnesota, which sits on top of Iowa, which sits on top of Missouri. And then you have Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin. You have Michigan, Ohio, and Kentucky. So I actually have to walk my way through that uh, in my mind. In our region, and we look at ourselves as, a, as one cohesive region, we offer various virtual training courses that include something for everyone, whether you are new to patents and trademarks, or if you're already using our services, but need a refresher or continuing legal education. For example, we have a course on how to protect your technology abroad if you are interested in filing a foreign patent application. We offer a trademark basics boot camp that is a series that walks practitioners and those interested in obtaining trademarks through the process on how to apply and maintain a federal trademark. We also offer continuing legal education credits for law firms and organizations. And of course, we are available by phone and email for any questions or concerns that the public may have. Invitations to our events are posted on our website and are available across the region in all of our states. Programming is monthly and cyclic. I encourage Midwest stakeholders to visit all of the regional office sites and the events held through the Eastern Region Office out of Alexandria. This allows for you to obtain the information at various times during the day. There is a regional office in each one of the continental time zones. 
And that allows for you, if you would be better serviced in the evening time to go through uh, some training or, you know, you need to get home and there are things that you need to do. You can't do it at lunchtime because you don't have that flexibility. We are available uh, pretty much uh, through hours that would facilitate people on the East Coast up to nine o'clock, 10 o'clock p.m. Yeah, and I will say if you sign up for the USPTO alerts, they're very, very good about sending email alerts when there's various programs um, that are coming up and um, the outreach there is very, very good. So if people are interested in some of these programs that James is mentioning, if you sign up for those alerts, you'll get them and you'll be notified in advance for when these programs take place. Thank you, Lisa. That's a great plug. My pleasure. I'm happy to plug the USPTO. So, James, you've mentioned several free resources that the USPTO provides, and I wanted to ask you about another one. Um, And this is the Patent and Trademark Resource Center, also known as the PTRC. Can you tell us what the PTRC is and how someone can benefit from using it? Absolutely. Each state that is in our coverage area has at least one Patent and Trademark Resource Center, or PTRC, as you have referred to them. The PTRCs are a nationwide network of public, state, and academic libraries designated by the United States Patent and Trademark Office to support the public with patent and trademark information. Trained specialists are available to help the public with using the patent public search tool which is available in our PTRCs. These specialists also explain the application process, the fee schedule, and help with finding a local patent attorney that is licensed to practice before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. They will also help with historical research on patents and trademarks. The PTRCs allow stakeholders to see and talk to someone in person if they don't want to go online or chat by phone. During the pandemic, many libraries and academic sites were closed to the public. But as we entered the endemic stage of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we realized that we have to live with this virus, our PTRCs are opening up and are ready for on-site business and visitors. Now, James, we've talked about several different resources that the USPTO provides, but as we all know, there can still be challenges along the way for those who are looking to protect their ideas or their businesses. Can you talk about some of those challenges that you've seen and what you think the best course of action is to take to get some assistance? Well, the very first thing that I would suggest to anyone who's uh, seeking to protect their intellectual property is to secure a licensed patent attorney or trademark attorney to assist on this intellectual property journey. While many people advance their IP goals without the assistance of an attorney, I would say the services provided by attorneys advance IP goals and dreams tremendously. Make sure that you are searching for the invention that you believe that you have invent, you have come up with, or look for trademarks that might have the same name or that might be drawn to the same idea that you're trying to brand. Uh, I find that 
as a challenge, a lot of people don't do their homework. And one of the things that you don't want to do is to spend money on an idea that you cannot get a patent for or that you cannot get trademarked. So you can look on your own, but you're also going, if you secure the assistance of an attorney, that person would be charged with the responsibility of going out to see whether or not you should move forward. I think that each of the individuals seeking intellectual property should engage in due diligence. They should engage in the due diligence of identifying whether or not their invention is known or whether or not the branding that they want to use is going to infringe on someone else. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice because it's very, very expensive um, either to get a patent or even a trademark and then find out either something's not patentable or you have to change your mark because you're infringing on somebody else's rights. So I want to continue, uh, Lisa, and and mention that we have we do have a program that you can seek entry into uh, the patent pro bono program that is championed by our current director, Kathy Vidal. She would love to see more attorneys engage in supporting stakeholders in the patent pro bono program across the country. And we also have at various universities a law school clinic certification program where law school students enter into an agreement and are able to provide assistance and support under the guidance and the tutelage of a professor who is licensed to practice before the patent bar. So that program also provides support and guidance for stakeholders. And there are law school clinics that support patents. There are law school clinics that support trademarks. And there are law school clinics that actually support both. So you may be able to go and, and be fully serviced at a, a USPTO law school clinic. Take advantage of the uh, fee schedules and classes that we offer across the board out of the USPTO. These will edify you and prepare you for costs, prepare you for what your next steps might be, and assist you in your journey with regard to securing your USPTO uh, USPTO uh, patent or trademark. You mentioned the pro bono program, um, but I was wondering for attorneys and law firms, what other things can they do to be involved with the USPTO? The attorneys can seek out uh, CLEs or continuing legal education to deepen their knowledge and the understanding of trademarks and patents. They can participate in partnership meetings and technology fairs that are sponsored by technology centers in, at the USPTO. They can engage in interviews. They can interview their cases with patent examiners and trademark examining attorneys. Our examiners are trained to engage and identify patentable subject matter and to clarify trademark issues and to assist in advancing prosecution for inventors and trademark seekers alike. Now, you've mentioned this training and events um, that the USPTO holds. Do you have some in your office that are coming up soon that you wanted to mention? 
We have so many. We have the intellectual property basics and helpful resources that will be coming up on July the 7th at noon. It's being offered virtually and is a great introductory session for anyone who is unfamiliar with patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Another introductory session is the Path to a Patent series, which we will have a, an installment on July 14th. It's part one of the series and starts with providing an overview of the different types of IP, patents, trademarks, trade secrets, and copyrights. As I mentioned before, we have something for everyone, whether you're brand new to the world of patents or if you have one in the works and need assistance. So we have so much going on. And to view the complete calendar, please visit our events section on the USPTO website at uspto.gov. Well, thank you for that, James. And as we come to the end of the podcast, I, I generally like to close it by asking my guests, if you could have any three wishes granted for your office or vision realized, what would that be? Oh, wow. For my specific office in the Midwest or for uh, the USPTO in general? You can do either one or you can mix the two. You could do two for one, one for the other, however you'd like to do it. Well, one of the things that I would like to see at the USPTO is an opportunity for more of the rank and file employees to have a better understanding of our impact, to have a better understanding of what it means to engage the public, how important and significant our jobs actually are. Uh, the first uh, year I was married, um, I was sitting in the in the house and my wife comes in and I'm sitting at the table and I'm a little tearful and she is like, oh my goodness, I married a crazy man. I come <laughs> home and he's sitting here at the table and he's he's got tears in his eyes. What's wrong with him? I guess I had been at the patent office for nine years. I had been at the patent office for about nine years and I was a primary examiner and I had opened a magazine and in that magazine was a combination drug treatment for HIV which I had signed the patent. That's awesome. And it, and it really struck me that actually what I do makes a difference. Absolutely. And I, and, and I don't know that the, the rank and file of the United States Patent and Trademark Office understands the significance of what we do and the impact on our community. So that's one. Number two would be, I'd like to have more people share in the experience of coming to the patent office and going to our museum and engaging examiners. I encourage attorneys to interview and to interview in person if possible with our uh, staff. Uh, patent examiners are trained scientists. They are um, cut from a specific cloth that uh, usually means they are great conversationalists. They're good to engage, and they are uh, generally helpful and hopeful that an attorney will, or or a pro se inventor, or someone who's seeking a trademark on their own, will do everything that they need to do to be able to secure the intellectual property that they seek. 
And let me see, the last thing that I would encourage the USPTO to do is to be a little bit more engaging with K through 12 and college students and to start to bolster at an earlier age our, the young people in our country's understanding of intellectual property so that they can understand the significance and the importance that it has in driving our economy. And the state of Massachusetts um, has one of the most outstanding, I've looked at their curriculum and look at what they do. They have one of the most outstanding uh, programs set up to train students in the K through 12 area on intellectual property. I just think that it's amazing. And, you know, I think that it helps the system to diversify and to expand into rural areas and to just be that much more significant in the socioeconomic fabric of the United States of America. So those would be my three. I think those are three really great wishes. So thank you very much, James, for sharing them. And thank you so much again for all your insights and time today. This has been absolutely fantastic. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? They can reach me at james.wilson at, these are all letters, U as in up, S as in Sam, P as in Paul, T as in Thomas, O as in Oscar, dot G-O-V. That is my email address at the United States Patent and Trademark Office. And I am available to answer questions and to provide assistance and support to those throughout the intellectual property ecosystem throughout the country. Well, thank you so much, James, for that. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Lisa, this has been uh, a joy. And you have just been uh, great at getting these questions out to me. And I appreciate you taking the time to engage me in this manner and to allow me the opportunity to talk about a career that and a job that has, uh, has been fueled my passion for my aspirations and my goals in my life. So thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups. Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.